Today I'll be reading from Ephesians 5 verses 8 to 20. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are a light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's my privilege today to introduce a good friend, Dr. Brian Bourne, the president of Columbia Bible College. Before becoming president of the college eight years ago, Brian served on the faculty of the college for nine years as professor of intercultural studies. Brian and Teresa have three married children and six awesome grandchildren. Before joining the college, Brian and his wife Teresa served together as missionaries in Botswana for 12 years. In his message today, Brian reflects on the impact of another pandemic on his life and those around him at that time. I remember praying with Brian some 20 years ago when he was in the midst of that crisis in Botswana. I would encourage you to listen prayerfully to the message God is bringing to us today through Brian. Greetings from the student staff and faculty of Columbia Bible College. It's a great privilege to be able to serve the Willingdon family. In my message today, I want to reflect upon our personal and collective response to the COVID-19 pandemic and the associated challenges it has created. Instead of whining and complaining, which has been my natural inclination at times, I believe there are important lessons to be gleaned from the past months. Near the end of last year, I experienced somewhat of a spiritual breakthrough in my own life. God sparked in me a desire to make the most of this moment in history, instead of simply reacting in anger and frustration. As the president of a Christian college, COVID created some difficult challenges in 2020, and I had found myself constantly reacting and having to make decisions without enough information. I'd become tired and irritable much of the time. And then one day, I sensed God inspiring me to flip my perspective. Instead of viewing COVID-19 as a curse sent to make my life miserable, could I view it as a learning and growth opportunity? In a flash, I was reminded of my previous experience with a pandemic in Africa. 25 years ago, our family was serving as cross-cultural Bible teachers and disciples in Botswana, in Southern Africa. At that time, Botswana had the second highest incidence of HIV AIDS in the world, second only to Swaziland. In the city where we lived, Salibi Pikwe, 56% of all pregnant women were testing HIV positive. 
I was helping to officiate at multiple funerals every weekend. Most of those dying were aged 12 to 40, although we also buried a significant number of young children and babies. What was particularly painful were the deaths of teenage girls who had been infected by older men. It was a brutal time, and as the years wore on and the deaths piled up, I grew tired and my faith weakened. I questioned God, why? Why won't you heal my friends? Numbered among the dead were members of my Bible classes, their children, grandchildren, friends from the various churches we worked with, and our neighbors. As you can imagine, people sought answers, and many pastors and churches described HIV-AIDS as a curse sent by God to judge the sinfulness of the nation. This was a simple and easy explanation, but it served little purpose except to make people angry, depressed, and cynical. One day, close to a a spiritual burnout myself, I visited my Ugandan friend, Edward Barlengwa, and I poured out my heart to him. He gave me a booklet which he had just received from his home church in Uganda, where they had been dealing with AIDS for a number of years already. Its simple title flipped my view of the pandemic on its head. It was called HIV AIDS, God's Curse or the Church's Opportunity. In that booklet, The authors challenged the church to live and serve as the body of Christ in the way God intended. Instead of judging people, Jesus' followers are to love and care for those who are suffering. Instead of proclaiming a message of death and damnation, churches could become places of refuge, hope, and reconciliation. Changing perspective from curse to opportunity fundamentally shifted the conversation within many Botswana churches. Personally, I regained a sense of purpose and hope. And in the following years, I had the opportunity to help dozens of people put their faith in Jesus. I walked alongside many families as they reconciled with one another before a loved one passed on. We equipped churches to provide care for orphans, respite for grandmothers who had been left to raise their grandchildren, And we helped churches to become places of love and dignity for those who were dying. Opportunities for ministry were endless and faith dialogues were plentiful. When people have to deal with death on a daily basis, you can quickly move to conversations of eternal consequence. So what does this have to do with us today? COVID-19 is a very different disease than HIV-AIDS. I'm fully aware of that, as I'm sure you are. But I want to suggest that our perspective on this current experience matters. In a note that I sent to our Columbia faculty and staff in December, I asked them the question, how can COVID-19 serve as an opportunity to encourage growth in our spiritual journey? How can it help us better follow Jesus and engage in his mission? That's what I want to talk about today, making the most of every opportunity, even the most difficult ones. As I reflect on our last year, it seems that much of the time I was just trying to cope with all the uncertainty, confusion, and often competing messages coming my way. Sometimes it felt like a battle just to survive, 
to keep functioning as best as I could. My guess is that some of you listening today know exactly what I'm talking about. But I'm convinced that God's, God wants more for us. Near the end of the Apostle Paul's first letter to Timothy, he penned a challenge I really like. Take hold of the life that is truly life. To do that requires intentionality, a decision of our will. In another of Paul's letters, the epistle to the Ephesians, he included the following encouragement. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time. Or in other words, making the most of every opportunity. Why? Because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. These verses, Ephesians 5, 15 to 17, are found right near the center of today's scripture reading. As we unpack this text from Ephesians, I want to highlight three of Paul's exhortations. Live as children of light, make the most of every opportunity, and give thanks always. So what does it mean to live as children of light? We're living in strange, divisive, and complex times. It often seems dark and confusing. Events are taking place in our world that most of us never imagined would happen within our lifetimes. Pandemics, riots, and moral degradation. The Apostle Paul faced opposition from all sides. And so it's no surprise that he described the world as dark and the days as evil. As Canadians, I don't think we should exaggerate our difficulties. It's not like we're facing death for our faith like some Christians in our world today. But we are witnessing a huge shift in terms of cultural morals and norms. Greed, sexual immorality, euthanasia, drug use, and online hostility are all activities that have become mainstream and in many cases not only tolerated but celebrated. These are difficult days. When Paul wrote to the Ephesian Jesus followers, the church in Ephesus, he called on them to chart a path different from the culture in which they lived. That message is just as true and relevant for us today. Instead of dabbling with the fruitless deeds of darkness, we're to expose evil by shining as the light of Jesus in the world. As Paul says in this text, the fruit of light is goodness, righteousness, and truth. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus tells us that we will recognize people by their fruit, by their actions. During this COVID year, I've had to relearn this lesson. Last fall, I had to come to terms with the fact that I was angry and irritable much of the time. What was coming out of my mouth was not always good fruit. My impatience and harsh words were not evidence of the light of Jesus. Too often, I was grumbling under my breath. And then I was confronted with that question. Is COVID-19 a curse or an opportunity? The switch flipped. So now when I'm upset, I am learning to bring my anger to Jesus. And I'm trying to understand the reasons for my anger. I ask myself, what's frustrating me and making me so mad? Often anger and fear are closely connected. What am I afraid of? Wrestling with these questions is teaching me so much about faith in God's sovereignty, love, and power, as well as about hope for change and transformation, both personal as well as in the community. These are confusing days, 
And it's easy to complain about politicians, lockdowns, and restrictions. But recently I was reminded to keep still instead of shooting off my mouth. In the midst of loud and competing voices, the words of the prophet Amos bear repeating. Therefore, the prudent shall keep quiet in such times, for the times are evil. Amos 5 verse 13. Watch our words and proclaim the person and way of Jesus. That's what it means to live as children of light, to produce goodness, righteousness, and truth. Building on the previous point, Paul challenges his readers to make the most of every, every opportunity, to make the most of our days, to walk carefully. Instead of being foolish, we're to understand what the Lord's will is. Paul's words aren't difficult to understand, so I'll keep my comments brief. He makes two assumptions. One, Christ's followers are wise. And two, wisdom is demonstrated by our actions, by our behavior, by the way we walk. As I've said before, this means we live with purpose, with intentionality. In a world full of voices calling for our attention, we need to choose to listen and live wisely. As Jesus said, wisdom is proved right by her actions. Matthew 11, verse 19. It's in this context that Paul challenges his readers to make the most of every opportunity. That phrase literally means buying up the time. Now, all of us have the same amount of time, 60 minutes in an hour, 24 hours in a day, and seven days in a week. The question is, what are we doing with the time given to us? As much as we may want, none of us can stretch or manufacture time. Obviously, we can't actually buy up the time, but we sure know how to waste it, don't we? Quick question for you. What are the biggest time wasters in your life? I bet I know how some of you are answering. Netflix, video games, social media. Well, instead of killing time, we're called to use our opportunities for the greatest possible good. In that regard, the biblical scholar David Ewart made the self-evident point that it is quite impossible to make the most of our opportunities to do good if we do not have a clear sense of what the good is. God's will, God's definition of what is right and good is found in Scripture, and that's why it is so important to dig deep into what the Bible teaches us. Next to a vital relationship with Jesus Christ, nothing is more important in life than to discover and to do the will of God. So how can our experience of a pandemic serve as an opportunity to grow in our walk with Jesus? How can it help us in our life of discipleship? As I've considered that question more deeply, some themes have emerged. One prominent concern is care and compassion for the vulnerable within our communities. What does it really mean to practice self-sacrificial and self-giving love to our neighbors? I don't like wearing a mask. So I've had to make it into a spiritual discipline, a time to recommit to following Jesus. Like many of you, I'm sure, I love to communicate with people. And to be honest, it's more difficult to do so when I'm wearing a mask. Talking to my mother, who is partially deaf, is really challenging when I'm wearing a mask. But I do it anyway because I love her. I want to protect her. 
and I want to do what I can to see her life continue for as long as possible. Now, most times when I put on my mask, I'm thinking to myself, this isn't about me. It's about serving and protecting others. Please guide me, Jesus. What can I do to care for others, especially the vulnerable? Another lesson is that of resilience. What internal and external resources do we need to face adversity? What do I do when I feel consumed by anxiety and worry? Are we learning to lean on God in prayer? Or do we engage in escapist behaviors like social media, alcohol, or even pornography? Instead of avoiding others, are we learning to reach out to our friends, to our brothers and sisters in Christ? In Philippians 4 verse 13, the Apostle Paul wrote, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Often Christ's presence and power is made most evident through his people. Although we may have to physically distance for a while yet, let's not distance ourselves socially. If you need help, ask for it. And if you can serve others, reach out to those who are in need. Let me move on to our third and final point. In Ephesians 5 verse 20, Paul speaks of giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's quite a statement when you think about it. Does it mean that we're supposed to give thanks for COVID? I don't think that's quite what Paul had in mind. Rather, we know we can give thanks for God's presence with us during COVID. When we're filled with the spirit of Jesus, we are empowered to face any circumstance, economic hardship, loneliness, or even death. During this time, I've spent more time than usual considering death, the resurrection, and our future hope. In our Western culture, we've done an incredible job of trying to create the illusion of heaven on earth. Pain, sickness, and struggle are to be avoided at all costs. And we have grown to expect an easy, comfortable life. No wonder the world seems to fall apart when we're faced with adversity. Recently, I had a lengthy Zoom call with a good friend who lives in Tanzania, Africa. Over there, life is pretty much going on as normal. And when they consider events in North America, they shake their heads in bewilderment. Get a grip, people, seems to be their sentiment. Life has its challenges. Expect that. And then thank God for all that is good and keep pressing on in joy. I think we could learn a lot from the folks over there. While COVID protocols have put a crimp in our ability to meet in large groups, serve in the community, worship the way we normally do, and simply communicate as easily as before, we can choose to focus on what we get to do as opposed to what we have to do. This is another message that was brought home to me some months ago when I was complaining to a student about having to wear masks. You probably got the point now, I don't like wearing masks, but I'm learning. She responded to me with this, but we get to learn together in class and we get to meet together for prayer. She went on, I'm so tired of hearing people complain about what they can't do or what they have to do. What a great word to me. She brought me up short and reminded me of all the ways that God continues to bless us. For this reason, I'm choosing to celebrate and give thanks. 
when something good happens or when you see someone do a good deed, I'm going to encourage you to take a moment to celebrate. Sometimes people at our Bible college look at me a little strange because I'm loudly singing one of my favorite hymns or choruses as I walk around campus. As it says in Ephesians 5 verse 19, I'm singing and making music in my heart to the Lord. On a recent morning, the sun was shining and I just had a great conversation with a student. As I walked back to my office, I felt like singing, like celebrating. So I did. And sometimes I even sing in Setswana, the language I learned in Africa. And then people really wonder what's going on. Here's one of my new models from this last year. Don't wait to celebrate. There is more than enough trouble in the world. Give thanks to God for all the good things. This is the time for the church to shine. Let's make the most of this opportunity to serve as witnesses of Jesus. Ask yourself, how does our resurrection hope impact the way we're living? One of the blessings my wife and I have experienced during COVID is the development of a much closer relationship with our next door neighbors. Many people are feeling isolated during these months and they need connection. Last summer, we began to visit with our neighbors outdoors and now it's become a regular thing for us. We've been able to pray with them, share the reasons for our joy and our hope and encourage them. They don't know Jesus yet, but we can see that God is working in their hearts. This has been an opportunity to build a friendship. As we pay attention to God's Spirit during this unique time, let's boldly choose to grab hold of the opportunities to love and serve and face adversity with courage. With an attitude of gratitude, let's make choices that lead to personal growth and transformation into the image of Jesus. And then may the fruit of God's light shining through us, His goodness, His righteousness and truth be evident to all. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you so much for the way that you are at work in us even during difficult times. We thank you for your word, for the way that it speaks. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, which empowers us to engage in your mission, to be your servants and witnesses. And Lord, we pray that we would shine with your light, that we would make the most of all the opportunities that are before us. And Lord, that we would live with that attitude of gratitude. We thank you so much that you are our Lord and our Savior, our Creator and Redeemer. And we pray this all in the name of our most powerful Savior, King Jesus. Amen. Once again, thank you for providing Columbia Bible College with this opportunity to serve the Willingdon family. As a response to the message, Columbia's traveling ministry team will lead us in a closing worship song, a combination of Speak, O Lord, and Build Your Kingdom. Blessings to you.